On this episode of the Game Changers Podcast, I have a very special guest for you all. You see, this young man dropped out of high school, earned his GED, obtained his associate's degree, then earned his bachelor's degree in social work from Eastern University, and earned his master's in divinity. Today, he is the program director for national programs at Esperanza Inc., where he oversees and manages the implementation of programs that include training and financial support to pastors and youth ministries in the greater Philadelphia area. He is a father of soon to be three beautiful children. He is a husband. He is a community leader. He's an artist. I am proud to have as my guest, Anthony Ramos. Listen to his story and his testimony. We hope you enjoy in addition to God, what inspires you? I think because of like my upbringing, like being Hispanic in Philadelphia um, and just my life circumstances, um, it inspires me to I mean, not be a statistic. And that's kind of like saying it more and at a gradual uh like it's like a gradual statement right um i want to do well for my family's sake uh and even before i've had children and 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 have gotten married for like my mom and my younger sisters like um it was just where i came from um just inspired me to uh, I guess do well and to to want to, um, yeah, to want to give excellent uh, product and whatever it is that I'm doing. Um, just because it's so easy to like lay back and kind of be labeled a statistic in a way. Um, yeah. Where would you say is the lowest point of your life? And how did you get out of that? Hmm. I would say it was it was it would have to be the time where um, I was seventeen at the time, and for about a year I've been just like kicking it with some guys, and we would. We would just waste a lot of time um, just smoking uh, smoking weed and you know drinking a lot of alcohol and at that time um, prior to that uh, I lost my job um, prior to that I uh, I dropped out of high school in an attempt to uh, pursue my GED and whatnot uh, so I was without being in school um, I, I didn't have a job at the time and I was, I was hanging with these guys and we were just like smoking every day, like every day. Like we didn't have like an aim for the next day or a goal for the next day. It was really just like, let's scrap up the type of money that we had. Um, and s- let's smoke as much marijuana as we could and laugh at stuff and, maybe it happens the next day um it was so it was so low for me because um 
man, I was depressed, man. I was, I, I, I wore a smile in front of them, but I was depressed because when I went home, like I had, um, I questioned like, what was my purpose in life? Because I was out of school. I wasn't even working anymore because I got fired. And yeah, like th there was even thoughts of like suicide. Um, and then I was also ashamed, like how I was treating my mom. Like I would lie to her that I was planning to go somewhere with my friends. Um, and so she would give me money, uh, to like catch, uh, the train or, uh, say I'm going to the movie or whatnot. And I would use that money to buy marijuana. And, um, yeah, it, it was a very low moment. I didn't think there was going to be any, anything to come out of that. And that was just a, a deep hole, um, that I, I felt like I was in and, um, ironically, like I needed a savior, honestly, like somebody to come out. Like I would hope, like it was weird. Like every time someone that came out of the, um, uh, from out of the neighborhood and, and kick it with us, like I would hope that they would kind of like shift the environment in a way of, of our culture to kind of inspire us to do something different. But, um, I knew it wasn't going to come from me. So the first time you encountered God, first time you ever met God. First mm. time he ever spoke to you. Were you even saved? Mm. And I, I've had a lot of interesting experiences that I don't know if I can uh, term one the first time or the other, which is, is really weird because like, because I can say the first time as a Christian where I sense God's presence for the first time or the first time I experienced something that was just like amazing or uh, the first time I've ever prayed where I wouldn't even probably at that time be labeled as a Christian. Um, so I can kind of get at this question at a few different angles. Um, I don't know. How, how do you want me to, to answer that? Well, I guess the first time when you, you go, oh, this is God. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm sure he's spoken to you and maybe you were just, and this happened to all of us. We were just blindsided. We just think we just call it fate. Yeah. Or yeah. we just call it the universe. Or, yeah. You know, but the first time you were like, oh, this is God. Right. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. So the, the first experience that comes to mind is uh, there was a moment um, I was already a, a, a professing Christian. Um, I was studying uh, Romans, uh, the book of Romans that day. And um, I think I just finished looking at uh, Romans 8. So I was going through it in my own study Bible where I would have commentary right next to me. It was one of those days where um, I was off from from, uh, from school. So I was studying for my, um, my associates at the time. And so I was off from school. And uh, I guess I had all my homework done, but I had a real deep desire to just want to get into the word. And so um, I was studying Romans um, and we was talking about like, um, our faith and how our faith in Christ justifies us um, where we're no longer in a state of uh, fallenness um, but now God sees us the way that he sees his son and so uh, the whole idea of just being uh, renewed and transformed um, by our faith in Jesus right not in our own works but what Jesus did on our behalf and so I remember studying that soaking that up and I was just really excited um, and I went downstairs, um, I kind of took like a study break, 
and um, I was just so radical. Like I, I turned on um, uh, TBN. Um, I you mean my grandmother didn't have any uh, cable at the time, so I really just had uh, any digital uh, television station that came up, and so TBN was on, and I uh, uh, I had a um, uh, Joel and uh, Joel, Joel Olstein, right? <laughs> which is really which is really funny, by the way. Uh, well, I think it's funny. But he was uh, he was doing like a crusade. Uh, he had uh, I don't know if it was like the Angels, uh, the baseball team, their stadium. But um, it was a baseball stadium, and he uh, he was preaching about um, uh, the peace of God, and he was making this invitation for people to experience that. Um, and so I was literally um, right in front of the television, sitting down on a chair. Um, that I pulled up so I can be kind of closer to the television screen, but I was just like, um, just thinking about God. I really didn't care about the preacher, but it was more so like, I, I wanted, I wanted God at that moment. And interestingly, man, like I felt, I, it's like the first time I felt the tangibility of God's presence. Like it was, it was thick in the room and like, it was like a light pierced my heart like I it, it was weird to say that but like I, there's no real description of like what what it was because what I felt was like it was like the absence of turmoil and like the absence of um of like worry at that moment and all I sensed was like stillness and peace and I knew I'm like without a doubt like this is God. This is not the preacher. This is not. Um, uh, this is not something that I'm imagining. Like I knew, f without a shadow of, my, uh, uh, of a doubt, that this was God at that moment, and uh, it was an amazing experience. Something that I still hold on to even to this day. You know what's interesting? So you you hear the voice of God for the first time after you were saved. Hmm. So, what made you take the leap of faith initially? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's kind of like going back to the first question you asked about, like being in that place yeah. of, uh, of, you know, what epitomizes the dark place or a hole, right? Right. Um, and so I was in that place for a while, and I felt like I wasn't going to get out of it. Um, and uh, but something hit me, man. Like, um, and so now I'm looking at it from, you know, I guess like 2020. Like this was God kind of initiating it. Um, but at that time I was thinking, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to clean myself up. And, and what I mean by that is because pe people talk back then, like, let's get a clean urine. So that meant I was going to stop drinking. I was going to stop smoking because I needed a clean urine, uh, to go to, uh, what we have job corps, um, so I can study to get a trade and, um, kind of get my high school diploma back and, um, kind of get my life together. Um, so I had this idea, so people were talking to me about it, and so I'm like, well, let me do this. So for a while, um, I, I, I attempted to stop smoking. I did well for a few weeks, and then I kind of fell back. Um, and then there was a moment where I actually did really well, and so I felt like that pursuit, like God initiated it, mm. right? Because in that time, I was still hanging around those guys that were still smoking, but I wasn't partaking in it. And at that time, I felt like um, I was seeing things differently, um, I started seeing some of the end game of that lifestyle, um, imagining myself being behind bars or dealing um, and getting caught now 
or getting shot because I'm dealing at the wrong spot or um, I'm just so addicted to this feeling um, that I'm willing to risk it all, um, including financial well-being and be um, someone uh, dependent on uh, on drugs. And so uh, I thought that that was going to I, I saw that I saw that I saw me in that shoe uh, or those shoes or those scenarios um, and at, at that same time, uh, my uncle came out of prison. Uh, he, he met the Lord in, um, in prison and, and he came out and he just started mentoring me, man. He started taking me to Spanish churches. I didn't, my Spanish was whack at that time. Um, but I started going with him and I had a lot of questions. Um, and he would sit there and chop it up with me and, um, yeah, man, like, I felt like God was just telling me, like, yo, if you trust me to, like, let go of these things that you're trying to let go of, I'm going to show you some things that you would have never dreamed of for your life. And so um, I felt like it was an invitation that God um, was giving me. And so, like, it was during this time period, like, uh, the summer of uh, 2009, where, like, that was happening, you know, um, so I, I would watch TBN, and every time a preacher at the end of his uh, whatever uh, program he had or she had, they would do, like, the prayer of salvation, I would do it. Um, I was kind of, like, trying that. Um, I got invited to go to a, a church service right down the street of mine, which was um, uh, the Church of God of Prophecy, um, pastored by uh, Pastor Sonia Alvarez. I went there for a while. And because that's I, that was a church I had experience with years back when I was younger. Uh, so I went there and it was right down the street from me. And uh, uh, the youth leader there was very welcoming. Um, her name was Natalie. And uh, she uh, was kind of like guiding me through uh, some Christian principles. And, yeah, I started just like, again, after every service, just like, God, you mean you, you, I'm, I'm praying and I'm giving my, my life, whatever this means, I'm giving it to you, let you do it. And then uh, I got invited to come to uh, a youth service at um, Front Street Community Church by my friend uh, uh, Joey and his brother Alito. And uh, I came here and um, I remember at the altar call, uh, I couldn't define it as that then, I didn't know what the term meant, but at the altar call then, um, I remember just telling God, I'm like, God, I don't know what it what it's like to follow you I like I don't know the steps. I don't know the instructions, but I'm gonna try this. Um, oh, and wow. I remember some dude praying for me um, at that time. Really big guy, um, strong guy. His name's Rick Atahana. He prayed for me at the altar, and I felt like yo, I, I didn't know him, but I felt like it was Jesus. Like Jesus was hugging me. He was embracing me, and I'm like, mm -hmm. you know what? Like this is what it is. So I, I just started bawling, and that was kind of like the initiator. Like nice, yeah. Talk about what hip hop means to you, where it's at in the culture. First time you fell in love with it. Mm. First time you decided to put some lyrics down on the scratch paper. <laughs> um, first time. Oh my god! I remember I heard the cassette. Didn't you record like a love song one time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but just the first time you fell in love with hip hop, and. This is a question I was telling you that I think would make you laugh, hopefully. Talk about the transition from 
Prodigy to Aram. Sure. Sure. Or even even Young Tone. Young to, Tone. To Prodigy oh. to then Aram. Oh, and also, yeah. you know, this morning, I was listening to Armed and Dangerous. Okay. <laughs> I was listening to that song only because, obviously, it's not who you are now. It expresses just who you are, who you were, and your youth. Yeah. And then to when I think of Light of Day, or yeah, Light of Day. Mm. Um, just the transition of your life from those years mm-hmm. and how that all just the timeline of how that all came through yeah so kind of like going back to like the first part of the question like um what is hip-hop and what it means to me um and how i was introduced to it so um in the summers uh growing up um my sister and i we would go visit our father uh in boston massachusetts and um uh his his wife at the time uh, she was a heavy, like, Eminem fan. Um, and so every time in the summer, I was probably maybe seven, eight years old, uh, I would go down there, and, I mean, she would play Eminem, Slim Shady, like, uh, all his all his music at the time. And she loved him. Um, and uh, I actually kind of had a crush on her, which is weird. <laughs> I had a crush on her, and so like I felt like if I were to listen more to hip hop, uh, I can kind of win her over. <laughs> Went over for my dad, like it was it was a weird, uh, it was a weird thought. Um, but the more I got into listening to to Eminem, the more I felt like, man, like this guy is good. So like fast forward in years, I was probably now uh, maybe ten years old, and I started to understand a little bit more about his lyrics. Um, and I felt like he was able to express like himself, like around the time, like he had the song Stan that came out. Um, and then, uh, him talking about like his frustrations with his mom, uh, with his, uh, his then girlfriend or wife. Uh, and so I just felt like to me, what I learned from it was like, it was a way of expressing your, your feelings, even if you can't do that um, in person to the person uh, that you have that issue with. Um, so I, either he did that in, in, in public to them or not, um, I felt like his way of expressing those anger or frustrations was through his music. And that's what I grabbed from it, um, was that music was an outlet uh, to be able to express oneself and what they felt. Um, and so I, I started writing some music in it and initially it started um kind of like in like the little bow wow little romeo <laughs> stages and oh so God. um uh yeah so like i wanted to make like love music right and so uh hence uh, i came out with the name young tone right because everybody was little something at the time and so uh, i wanted to kind of be a little different so <laughs> I, I was young tone um and so uh yeah, so I would make some, like, love songs. I would, like, jump on people's instrumentals. Um, and so it was really funny, man. Like, I was trying to be real creative. I had no studio equipment or not. But I did have, like, this MP3 player that could rec- that could record, um, uh, like, vocals. And so what I would do is I would grab the stereo um, that was playing the instrumental. I would bring it close to me. I would grab the MP3 player, and I would put it on record. 
and I would rap over the instrumental that's playing off of the, the, the radio, um, take that audio clip, upload it to the computer. From the computer, I'll add all of those audio clips to one disc, and then, boom, there goes my demo, or there goes my little mixtape. And so that's what I did as a kid. Um, and so uh, I did a lot of that at, for a while. Um, and I did a lot of love music. Um, and then probably around eighth grade, um, that's when, like, Philly uh, battle rap music um, or, like, street music became really popular. Like, this is when, like, Meek Mills was, like, before Meek Mills we know today. Like, uh-huh. this is when... Cassidy, Cap- Joey Jihad. Yeah, Cassidy, Joey Jihad. Like, guys like these Cicero. guys. Cicero. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like, these guys were, like... Um, taking over, and so that's all. All the guys headshot DVDs, headshot DVDs. You know, <laughs> I will watch them all the time. And so, because this was popular, and a lot of the guys that I was hanging around, they loved it. I'm like, you know what? I, maybe I should switch up and like stop this little Romeo, little Bow Wow music, and like uh, make some music that is a little bit more hardcore, a little right? gritty. Fifty Cent was out, and G Unit was out, so like I felt like I I, I could uh, maybe land a record deal with them if I start making some music like this. So. I uh, started changing it up, uh, which was which was weird because I started talking about like guns and uh, drugs and sex and stuff like that, and I was probably like twelve, thirteen years old, but I was I was unexposed to any of that, so it was more like it was a facade. Uh, but again, it, music was a form of expression, and so I wanted to express myself that way. I wanted to project myself to be that way, um, and. Uh, fast forward, um, I mean, I, I was doing music here and there, um, and you know, even with the, the crew that I was hanging with for a while, we did music, uh, but it was just really like nonchalant stuff. Um, but then when I got saved, um, I was thinking, I'm like, man, can I even do this? Um, is like this even allowed? Because like my perception of God in the church was uh, that is that you mean is this would be viewed as something that's secular. Um, and that's something that is uh, non-religious, and so I thought I would have to leave it a, leave it aside. Um, but I remember writing like a 16 verse, just giving thanks to God, like because again, like that was my form of expression. It was that poetry, writing um, writing stories. That was my way of like expressing myself. I learned through that, and so um, my prayer life wasn't great because I didn't know how to pray. So the only way I knew how to express myself was through writing music, and so I wrote a 16 and. I, I, it was just like a, a note to God. Like I wrote it and it was a note to God, but I remember like a psalm. it was, yeah, it was like a psalm. And so I remember expressing it to my, my older sister, um, and my, and my uncle who was, uh, who was mentoring me and they were like, man, you, you mean, you can do something with this. I'm like, what do you mean? Like to me, I, I thought it, I had to let it, let it go and put it down. Um, but they're like, they started introducing to me the guys like Kirk Franklin and, uh, and and then the truth and Lecrae and I'm like well maybe maybe there is something to this and and then I remember my f- the first time I was asked at a youth group um, to put a few more of those together and I started seeing other Christian artists perform their stuff and so I'm like well maybe there is something to this and then um, and so I had to make a change name right uh, a name change um, where I went from Young Tone to then I was named Kid Prodigy. I didn't know what that meant, but later on, the what I found that to, to mean to the person who named me that 
uh, Fort Knox, by the way, Danny Fort Knox, um, that it meant like the prodigal son, like the person that kind of left the father and came back, um, that that's what it kind of meant, even though the definition is a little bit different. Um, but uh, I went with that term. Um, I was, uh, and I did music under that, right? So we talked about this, the song you listen yeah. to, Armed and Dangerous, and um, look I look it up I, on YouTube. I, yeah, you can look it up on YouTube. Um, it's out there. Uh, and yeah, man, like looking back at it now, like you can see like how young I was in the faith, man. And it's so, it's so fun uh, to look at it. Um, and you I, said I'm a gunslinger like Brett Favre. I'm a gunslinger like Brett Favre, right? <laughs> like, and I was talking about like bringing out the Bible like I'm Rambo, like you know I'm unloading the clip. <laughs> and so like oh right then, God. yeah, like and so like it was so innocent, like um, that just showed like my passion for uh, for for Jesus and, and His kingdom, and like I was so like unashamed in a sense where like I was, I mean I. I mean, it was awesome because, like, I was able to engage with a lot of, like, young people who didn't know God, and, you know, they were just in my neighborhood, and so, like, I was just so, uh, you know, free willing in that way, but, yeah, man, I, my, my, I was very, you, you can see I was very young in, um, uh, in my faith and just the way that I expressed myself, and, um, and then now, like, uh, what I would say, that was in 2009, and now, 11 years later, um, I mean, I, I would hope that, my music matured, my faith matured, and that's what I look to project in my new song, um, Light of Day, that's going to be coming out soon, uh, February 8th, um, so that people can see the maturity in it, but not necessarily that, so that they can uh, that it can meet them where they're at, and so um, I hope that it, it will be a projection of, um, um, of where I'm at right now. So when I think about this track, I think about just a victory, I think about um, even through our daily mess and the things that happen and the obstacles that come, at the end of the day, the light is going to shine. Yeah, The light is going to break through even through the clouds. And um, I mean, that's the sense that I got from it. Um, just felt like a very victorious song, felt like the the next chapter of your your life, right? And for those who don't know, there's there's so much that's happened in your life, right? And just in the last couple of years, you've been married. Mm -hmm. You are, um, you are a father of, of uh, well, you already announced it on Facebook. So of soon to be three uh, beautiful kids. Yeah. Um, talk about how this song or those life experiences inspired this song and just how you wish to inspire others with this new track. Yeah. So yeah, so so the song "Light of Day," um, kind of like where I get the, uh, kind of like the interpretation of like the 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 theme, um, is really to help someone who's like laboring, um, uh, laboring, uh, specifically for the cause of Christ, and uh, they are whether discouraged by things that they're experiencing at the moment, um, personal struggles, or just opposition and adversity that they, that comes with life. Um, and so when you think about light of day, like think about the dawn of a new morning when, uh, when the sun is rising and, and you know that no matter how difficult the day before was, uh, no matter whatever you experienced then, 
that now you have a brand new day. Um, and you would hope it's an opportunity to either correct some things that, that have gone wrong the day before or to start a new pattern. Um, it's a new day, right? You know, the Bible even talks about like the joy uh, of the Lord is our strength. And then also joy comes in the morning, right? And so it's, it's talking about like this, this new day um, for this new experience. And so, um, and so that, that's kind of like where I was thinking about like as the Christian, like in this life, we're going to face so much adversity, um, so many things that don't go our way or the way that we expect it to. Um, whether it's minimal, right? Like little things um, where, um, you know, can affect us. But yeah, so like whether it be little issues that someone faces um, or uh, things that happen at the workplace or are um, or specific to their dreams, right? Like it's something that they have to uh, push their dreams to side for a certain period of time or is not happening when they expect it. Um, so again, like this song looks to be like an encouragement to someone that in the midst of their struggle and their turmoil, they could um, expect this glory that's gonna, that, that is going to erupt um, one day for the believer, right? Um, the dawning of a new age where, where Christ returns and, um, and that's the day that we look towards um, and that's the hope. Um, and I hope that it, that hope inspires us to, um, to grind a little bit more, to uh, continue to struggle a little bit more with adversity um, and wrestle, right? Struggle is like wrestling with it um, and, and, not, and not grow weary. Um, and so that's what I look to project with this song. Um, and I hope that it, it, it inspires and encourages the listener to, uh, to, look, to look to it that way. You know where the song took me? It reminded me of the feeling that I get. And it was just a glimpse. It's, it's just a, a glimpse because I know God is so marvelous. He's amazing. Hmm. But there are certain moments in our lives, in our days, where you just, no matter the problems, you just feel this joy. Hmm. And when I think about the song, Light of Day, and I, I hear the lyrics, it takes me to some of my favorite places throughout the year. And mm. I think about the feeling that I get when I wake up on a Saturday morning in a late spring, early summer. Mm. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. The sun is out. I walk out. I hear the birds chirping. Yeah. No cars are riding. And that moment makes me feel so good. Mm. You know, because the song could take people to different places sure, but th that's sure, the place sure. that it took me that's awesome it took me to a place like i really enjoy late spring early summer saturday sunny mornings as weird and as precise as that sounds mm. but there's some it, it makes me feel like the day is gonna be productive it's awesome mm. you know what i mean yeah and that's what i look to i hope that that happens to the listener yeah like to again give him that hope right like um where it would inspire them to uh, to see the next day as a again another opportunity to uh, to continue to grind um, because again there, there's a future um, there's a future hope um, that again that's gonna make all our issues and our problems uh, look very small at the end of the day. One of the things that I'm truly inspired about is people don't know this. You went to one of the premier high schools in this city. Hmm. Eastern University? 
high schools. Oh, yes. FLC. Yes. And <laughs> people look at you now, and you are an educated, an educated man mm. uh, with your master's degree. Mm. Um, but you talked a little early, a little bit earlier, you know, about um, you're a high school dropout. Yeah. Yeah. And you pursued your GED. Mm. And by looking at you, one would never guess that about mm. your story. Mm. Uh, did you see that in your life? Did you ever see that you even graduate college, let alone obtain a master's in divinity? Yeah, so, so let, me, let me try to tackle that in two different ways. So I didn't see myself dropping out in the first place. Um, I barely made it to FLC, um, and it's because of uh, some things that I got involved with in eighth grade. Because, again, we talked about, like, this whole um, uh, battle rap scene. So yeah, yeah. Um, I ended up was getting caught doing graffiti across uh, Penn Street Middle School, um, had to do community service, almost got expelled, but I didn't. I did community service. I ended up graduating, so it didn't cost me the opportunity to go to FLC. So I ended up going to FLC. Um, but sometime there, um, I just wasn't inspired. Um, and uh, I didn't get enough credits. Um, so what I did, I transferred to Edison, um, Thomas Edison High School. Um, and I dropped out there because, you know, I was just, I, I met some, some wrong people. Um, but as far as, man, like being a dropout to then see the trajectory of like what I experience now educational-wise, I wouldn't, man. And, and that's, it's a huge part of my testimony um, because, man, like that's kind of like what I was talking to you about earlier where I, I sense like God talking to me, letting me know like if I were to trust him and let go of those things that I was holding on to um, as a youth, right, marijuana and smoking, um, and, and drinking and just kind of like uh, letting life pass me by. If I were to let that go um, and trust him, that he would allow me to experience some things that I would have never expected. And that was what, that was it. That was part of it. Um, and so I ended up getting my GED at Temple University. Um, and then from there, that was, a uh, that's, that was in the summer of uh, 2009, um, I met some really great folks. Um, uh, one of the pastors that was investing in, in me at the time, Pastor Sonia Alvarez, she she told me about uh, Esperanza College because I was thinking about going to uh, community college in Philadelphia, um, and she said, "What do you what do you think about Esperanza College? It's a it's a Christian uh, it's a Christian college. Uh, these are their majors. Matter of fact, the next day I can take you." And for her initiative in taking me to that school, I probably wouldn't have been there, um, but she took mm -hmm. me, and um, I I started the enrollment process and. And then in January of 2010, um, I, I started school. And uh, my first two semesters were straight A's. And so, like, to me, like, I, I, saw, I saw the grace of God on that because, again, I was a dropout. And, um, but the way that I looked at it was that, man, this is a new opportunity for me. It was kind of like God allowed me to press the reset button. And as, you mean, as, as difficult um it is looking at my life like where I was. Um, I was I was investing in that predicament of my life. Um, 
uh, of being a dropout and smoking and and taking the initiative to go the extra mile to to smoke and and, and to uh, and to lie to my mom to use that money to uh, invest in drugs. Um, I wanted to flip that and uh, hit the books harder. Um, I wanted to give everything that I had um, and allow God to let the chips fall where 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 He would decide it. And I, I, I end up graduating uh, co-valedictorian in my graduating class uh, at Esperanza College. And I'm going to Eastern University to finish my bachelor's of social work there. Um, and as you mentioned, like uh, I was able to finish my master's of divinity in 2018. Um, and so, yeah, man, like that's all part of um, the story that God wanted to, um, to, to help me see that um, this is what he meant when he asked me to trust him. Um, and so, yeah, I'm always, I'm, I'm forever grateful for that. Last question. How has fatherhood changed your life and how you look at life? Um, yeah, man, uh, this is a great question. And this is something that we talked about before. Um, man, when I look at my children um, and the type of man that I want to be, um, it's really because of the absence of my own father in my life and not having him around um, inspires me to want to project that to my, my kids. Um, I want them to have the father that I always longed for, someone that's invested in their life and someone who um, is very interested in their uh, extracurriculars um, and their personalities. Um, they, they love when I'm home. Um, when I'm not home, they ask about me. Um, and when I'm home, we're, we're playing, we're, uh, we're wrestling, we're pillow fighting, uh, we're reading together. Um, and those are moments that I cherish. Um, and it, yeah, like not having my dad to, to be there to affirm me as a, as a kid, um, having so many deep questions and not having a father figure to kind of guide me in those things. Um, I look at my children I'm, and it's, there's no way that I would let them experience that, um, you know, and, and that just influenced the way that I, that I, I look to father them, um, and my, my daughter on the way. So, um, yeah, man, that's, that's how it's influenced my, my, my father. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Game Changers podcast. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, it reads, You are the light of the world, a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Until next time.